To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Bitch Women's Podcast Special Edition Championship Episode. The Lakers, your Los Angeles Lakers are the 2020 NBA champions of the NBA Finals. As the Opinionated Bitch Women's, we are avid Lakers fans. I got Ramon in here with me, and we are about to just express how we feel if we can because. as Lakers fans. So we're about to jump right into it. We won't be long, but we just wanted to put something out there to just in remembrance of the Lakers winning this championship. And my first question to you, Ramon, is how you feeling, brother? Bruh, I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. I, I'm, I'm so excited. I almost can't even put it into words. I'm sure you heard me just stuttering just then because I'm so excited. <laughs> I can barely even... I could barely even contain myself with it, bro. It's just such a good night, man. It's been so many years, man. So many years waiting. Such a long time coming. And, and for it to see it finally be brought to fruition, for us to, you know, finally be champs again, man. It just feels so good. So I'm I'm excited, bro. Excited just covers it all. Hey, man, I, I agree with you. I don't know how to put it. I still, even a couple hours after the championship has been won at this point as we were recording, I don't know how to put it into words. Uh, in a season where we lost the late, the greatest Laker of all time, which is Kobe Bryant, in January, and now we to this point to where we've won a championship. In his memory, um, the legacy of just you know uh, Rob Palinka and what he's meant to the organization. Jenny Buss as an owner, what she's meant, what LeBron's legacy, what AD's legacy is at this point. We're going to get into it all. Uh, we're going to start off just by saying, I guess, um, let's talk about this game. You know, uh, let's talk about the clinch, game clinching game. Uh, LeBron did LeBron things, <laughs> which we gloss over, but the stats that he put up, uh, he always had, he had a triple double in the clinch. Uh, but, I mean, I think what stood out to me was probably Rajon Rondo and what he's meant in this playoff run. If we could just almost kind of just start off there, just talking about how he was an X factor in this playoff run. And just in general, we are a huge fan of, of point guards like Rajon Rondo, as we've done in the past. Uh, we compare Lonzo Ball to him. Is that a lot of what Lonzo Ball does is not on the stat sheet, but it's the, the way he commands the floor the way he commands the team, the way he sets up the offense, the way, you know, like we we even had, 
his coach, uh, Lazare, Darnell's Lazare on, on our podcast, and he spoke about how he doesn't dribble much, but he gets the offense flowing. But, you know, and that's what, what Ron John Rondo does. He's just a traditional point guard that gets the point guard, that gets the offense flowing. But what, what we, we're not accustomed to is that Rondo has a shot now, and he's able to knock down three-point shots, and he's able to, you know, knock down that open jumper when, when he's needed to. But I think what impressed me the most is that how he is able to set up AD and LeBron and also give the pressure off of LeBron because we saw before Roger Rondo's injury that Rondo, you know, Rondo, you know, before that uh, LeBron was had to, you know, be the playmaker. He had to set up other people. But Rondo being back allowed him to be able to, you know, take a seat back make create his own shots lebron i'm speaking of you know and and ron john was the one to make plays so you can kind of speak on kind of how rondo was kind of like an x-factor for us in this run yeah man i think you already spoke really well (laughs) i feel like you covered it so much already but (laughs) but man i took all the talking points (laughs) you're like hey cover rondo let me cover him right quick and then you can cover him after i cover him But, but yeah, man, Rondo has definitely been an X factor for this team, man. Just seeing the way that he thinks the game. And I think that I'll kind of talk about that just a little bit, you know, because you kind of covered, you know, how much he meant to this team. But thinking about the way that he thinks it. Rondo, I heard even post-game said that he thinks the game to the level that he went and watched film of all of Jimmy Butler's turnovers for this playoffs. Like, he went and looked at all of Jimmy Butler's turnovers to see in what situations Jimmy typically turns the ball over in in order to try to put him in those positions to turn the ball over, but to also know how to respond to him when he's in those positions. And so that just shows how much of a basketball savant he is. He said that in the – I think he was, one of, he was watching the 2017 NBA Finals and – um 27 or 2018 I can't remember which one he said and he said he watched LeBron in that finals and he said if he ever got the opportunity to play with LeBron he knew in his mind we would not lose together he said if I got a chance to play with that guy we're not losing in NBA finals and even throughout his time before he got back with the team as far as playing Rondo was in coaches meetings like, he, he wasn't just in regular teams standing around. He was in hmm. coaches' meetings, and that's how much they trust his mind. So beyond what Rondo does from a physical perspective, beyond what he does on a basketball court and floor just every single night, beyond his shot getting better, beyond him setting up the offense, his mind has meant so much to this team, and that's what makes him so special. Yeah, man. It's been a decade, so, I mean, we kind of – Typically, as Lakers fans, we've struggled. We've been through the down ups and the downs. Um, just for the record, I don't think that it even has to be spoken upon, but this podcast, everybody that supported this cast, Carlos Ramon, Rob, who's here right now with you. Man, we've been Lakers fans before LeBron showed up. You know, we've been Lakers fans through the good, the bad, and the, and the extremely ugly in the past decade. So if you can... I'm gonna let you. I'm not gonna talk on it, man. I'm not gonna take it over. You speak on how it's been and what's the journey been, man. I can almost cry right now, bro. Like, it's been a struggle. Wait, but, is that a tear right now? 
Hey man, I got one. I'm just, I'm just messing with you, bro. I, I see. I know you hold it strong. I know you hold it strong. But man, like you said, bro, it's been such a decade, man. Ten years ago, we were, you know, in the NBA Finals. We getting our back-to-back championships, beating the Celtics in that championship. I mean, we were actually freshmen in college at the time. You know, we were actually on campus watching that, right. uh, seeing the Lakers win, <laughs> and we had no idea what we were in store for for the next 10 years. Right. We, we had no idea that this would be one of the last times. Right. So we were on top of the world, and then you see the years following that, we still were contenders, whether it was the 2011 year, um, 2012, and so forth and so on. And, um, you know, in both of those years, losing to the team that eventually went to the NBA Finals. And then you look at 2013, you know, when Kobe was trying to wheel that team to the playoffs and ultimately did wheel into the playoffs, he had his Achilles injury. And that was really kind of the beginning of the decline, really, truly, as the Lakers, um, to the point that we, you know, started losing our relevancy from a winning perspective. You know, Lakers are always going to be relevant as a franchise, but from a winning perspective, we started losing that relevancy, finding ourselves in the lottery year after year. I mean, we had those times where we were like, man, we hope we keep this pick because we got to get this top two pick, right. trying to hold on to it um, from just the position that, you know, Jim Buss and Mitch Kupchak had put us in as an organization. And so you go through those years, you get your D'Angelo Russells of the world, you get your Lonzo Balls of the world, Brandon Ingram of the world, and um, you're looking to build through that. And then, you know, after a while, Jeannie got fed up. <laughs> and she was like, mm-hmm. she was like, bro, we this is not enough. Yeah, we, we need, need to, to win, win now. now. And so she yeah. got her brother out of there. And, you know, that's when you had the whole Magic regime, Magic and Rob Palinka come in. And then you find yourself in the place, in the position. Um, in 2018, we all remember that day. We all remember exactly where we yeah. were when right. we saw the news come through that LeBron James has signed a four-year deal with the Los Angeles Lakers. Hey, man, um, I was at my niece's baby <laughs> shower. She's two years old. I was at my niece's baby shower when that news came through that LeBron was coming to the Lakers. But it's like you said with Jeannie Buss, I don't want to over-cite over, over cite that. I want to skimp over that, you know, a, as a woman executive in the NBA, one of the few, if not the – I think she may be the only woman owner in the NBA. Yeah, well, I can't you got to think about Gail Benson as well. Yeah, yeah. and then – oh, yeah, she is a – yeah, yeah. No, she so, has the yeah. No, so yeah. she got the Pelicans as well. Yeah. But, you know, Jenny Best being one of the two women NBA executives in the – owners in the league, that's that's pretty remarkable. Shout out to her because she put together, like you said, making a tough decision of fire. Imagine for having to fire your blood, bro. It was a big, you know, it's a pretty big deal. But you know, um, she did a, she did, she's done a good job um, as far as an, as an owner, and we don't want to skimp over that. Uh, kind of moving on to AD, I guess. You know, in this situation, because I, I speak with a lot of New Orleans fans because I'm in the Louis- we are both in the Louisiana area. Right. And, you know, just just uh, talk to a bunch of Pelicans fans. They they spoke very ill will towards A.D. Um, they were very upset about him uh, leaving New Orleans. But I, I tell them, I was like, man, he gave you out seven years and the ownership ne- never really put what he needed around him to win a championship. So, you know, he has the right to move on. You know, if you accept LeBron moving on, I think you have to accept 
AD moving on. But I think that, you know, like I said last podcast, that, you know, we watched AD grow up before our eyes, especially considering the, the game when the shot he hit against Denver. I don't think we'd be hosting the championship right now if it wasn't for that. You know, just considering Denver, when they're down 3-1, they just – it's some clicks in them where they just was like, hey, look, I don't want to go home. But, you know, you look at AD and, and, the, and the performance he even put in the finals, I think he would have been a consideration of the NBA Finals MVP if he would have disappeared in game three, which was out of his control because of foul trouble. He never was able to get into rhythm in that game. But, you know, just seeing him win that first championship, I think his legacy is is, is beginning. I think we, we it's time for us to start talking, talking about him in, in those top power forwards in the game. You know, and I don't know how you feel about AD, which I want your thoughts on, but how you feel like this championship, you, do you think this is a, a progression? Are we seeing the birth of another, like, great legacy in NBA history? Oh, yes, uh, definitely, man. AD is one of those generational transcendent talents. And, um, you know, for many years, you know, seeing his game in New Orleans, I always respected his game. You know, I got to give you credit. You were a bigger AD fan than I was, like, as far as, you know, you used to always talk about him. We used to have the AD and Giannis debates and all those kind of things about that, of who was the better player. And I always respected him. Um, but, you know, like I said, you were a big-time AD fan. But like you said, seeing his progression uh, really in this year, you know, AD had the individual accolades as far as, you know, being one of the top scorers in the league or – you know, being first team all NBA or being first team all defense and, you know, being a perennial all-star. And AD decided that, hey, you know, now I know in order to build my legacy, in order to be one of the all-time greats, which is where he's going to find himself, he has to win. You know, he has to win championships. He has to make deep playoff runs. He has to start stacking up the rings. And so to see, like you said, his progression throughout the course of the playoffs, but also to see that now that that resume is really starting to build now. And you're going to see AD mentioned among the all-time great power forwards. You know, you have your Tim Duncans of the world. You have your KGs of the world. You know, you have your Carl Malones of the world and your Charles Barkleys um, and so forth and so on. And AD is among those names. And now when you mention him among those names, he even has that notch that Carl Malone and Charles Barkley don't have with having a ring, with having a championship. Mm -hmm. And so now you're about to really see that legacy be built. And I'm going to say it right now. He's going to challenge Tim Duncan for that throne for the greatest power forward of all time. And we can just go ahead and say that right now on the podcast. There will be a legit discussion one day that you have to decide, man, who is better out of Tim Duncan and KG. I mean, not Tim Duncan and KG, Tim Duncan and AD. And, (laughs) you know, years down the line, you know, I know I'm wearing this Lakers shirt right now, so I'm seeing a little purple and gold. But, you know, I think AD has a very good, good chance to be the uh, the the top power forward of all time. But, you know, he, he got his first ring. Yeah. I agree 100%. I mean, it's not, it's not much that AD can't do. Uh, coming out of Kentucky, he was known as a, a defensive player, and that was his role on that championship team in Kentucky in 2011. But, you know, he has an awesome – uh, office of game, and now he's expanded out to the three-point line. I mean, he has post; he can post up, he can shoot threes, he can he has good handles. Like he, he's a top five player, and yep. he's a top five talent in our league. But 
you know, it's like you say, I mean, I think it's a legitimate conversation. And and what's interesting to think that he, like you pointed out, he's younger than us. So he's like, yeah. he's 27. So at this point, you know, I, I expect, I think LeBron has a lot more in the tank. I think LeBron will ultimately be able to lead the team to another championship next year. And I think the year after it'll be AD and, and LeBron will be like, okay, I'm going to do whatever I can to, you know, get another one. And I feel like that next year, once LeBron retires, maybe or, the, or two years after that, I feel like that's going to be AD's team. You could build around AD. But I think that, you know, now that he's got the experience with the NBA Finals, that's that's the only thing that was missing from him. Yeah. Is being able to have success in the playoffs, and he's learning it from LeBron. How do I win? What does it take to win? You know, you know, I, I twist my ankle, I have a heel injury, but I have to play through that, you know, and those are the things that he learned in his playoff run. But I think from front to back, I think AD had his hands all over this playoff run, you know, where they, they started with the Blazers. I know he had some hiccups with that one, but, you know, once he got it together from, from the later, uh, I think game three and game four, you know, we saw, hey, look, he ain't nothing to mess with. Then you move on to the the next series where we had the the Houston, Houston Rockets, Rockets and they they couldn't even mess with them, you know. And then you know Denver he hit the game when the shot then you know so forth and so on. So it's good to see him finally get the recognition he deserves. Just putting New Orleans being in a smaller market, they're not on TV as much as the Lakers are, of course. But you know it's just it's just I'm just happy to see him. I'm just happy to see all basketball fans across the across the country be able to see how talented he really is you know yeah. so um so moving on uh, i guess uh just talking about coach vogel and the adjustments he made i think coach vogel needs a lot of credit for getting us here uh in his first year as our coach you know yeah. um we hired uh luke walton as our head coach you know and, and expecting him to lead us into the area it didn't work out but now you know we got coach vogel in I think that I think that it skimped over, you know, with coach of the year and everything of how he we mentioned how great of a defender he is and you know, putting him on Jimmy Butler and ultimately I think that was the difference in between that game. Uh was that game three? That was game three he put um mm, that was game four. Game four he put A D on Jimmy Butler and it worked out. You know, it's just small little things like that. And then the thing you can't look over as well as LeBron and AD trusting Vogel to get us to that next level into a championship. So, I mean, were you impressed with Vogel's performance in the playoffs? Yeah, I was impressed with Vogel overall. Um, and, you know, got to give him credit as being a championship coach um, from the standpoint of the adjustments that he made throughout the course of the playoffs. Um, sometimes he didn't always make them as soon as I wanted him to make them. And as soon as we would say he should have made them, uh, but he always made the necessary adjustments. You look back at that Houston series and you looked at initially, we tried to play that big basketball. We still said, okay, y'all going to play small. We going to play big. And he saw that that wasn't what worked. And he, you know, changed his style, put AD at the five, came and brought Marquise Morris into the starting lineup. And guess what? Houston was done in five. You look at that series against Denver, he tried to go back with the conventional lineup that JaVale McGee was playing um, and starting. 
and uh, end up realizing that Dwight Howard's physicality bothered Jokic. And so he changed that up. And guess what? They were done in five. Um, and so then you look at this series in which he was going against, to me, uh, arguably the best coach in the league. I honestly believe that Eric Spolster is the best coach in the NBA at this point. And um, you look at him being able to go tip for tat with Spo um, and, you know, go ahead and, and, and get a championship in a position uh, where people said that, hey, he was an afterthought. People said that, hey, you know, he was going to get fired and Jason Kidd was going to end up being the coach of this team. And you see him to, you know, overcome that, uh, to move past that, to manage, you know, this team, to make this team a juggernaut defensively. Like, this team really hung their hat on defense. Um, and Frank Vogel gets a lot of credit for that. So, uh, hats off to him. He said that uh, he said that he spoke to Coach Cal. Um, and I can't remember at what point in the year. I don't know if it was the playoffs or when. And Coach Cal said, just like AD got me my first one, He's going to get you your first one. Uh, so hats off, man, to Vogel. He went out there and got it done. Yeah, I, you know, I, I can't speak on uh, – I can't speak on it enough. I don't think there's anything I can say. I think you covered it all pretty much, uh, you know, mirror my thoughts about Coach Vogel. But I think that, you know, what, what stood out, like I mentioned, and I'm going to say it again, is just that AD and LeBron trusted him. So, I mean, that says a lot because LeBron is a a basketball mind, 17 years in the league. For him to really respect you as the coach, it it, it speaks volumes. And and Vogel, he doesn't seem like he has an ego. He just want to win. And he he really connects with the players. So, I mean, I I appreciate Coach Vogel. I'm looking forward to what he's going to do in the next year. So, um I guess we can address the, the the elephant in the room, I guess, uh, as far as legacy, and that's LeBron yeah. James. Uh, he, he's recorded his fourth NBA championship, uh, well-deserved. And, right. you know, he's done things in his career his own way. Uh, a lot of people criticize him for switching teams and whatnot. Uh, we had never seen anything like this before. And, you know, he's influenced KD at this point and Kyrie and, you know, just switching teams and, you know, trying to put together the best team that has the best shot. But this is his night, so I'm not going to get into that. But, yeah. I mean, what do you think this championship – what do you think this championship ranks as far as LeBron's legacy? He got four. Where do you think this ranked from one to four? Um, I think to rank this one, it's tough. Uh, Oh, man, that's tough. I feel like his – Cleveland one still may be number one on the list. Yeah, I think that's. I feel like that Cleveland one has to be number one on the list, and it's when he when he returned back when he returned back to Cleveland. And I think that it's hard to not put his first one second on the list. It's hard to not do that. So it's it's hard. I it's hard to put this one at third. He won the first one with the Heat, right? Yeah, he won the first one. Yeah, he won the first one in 2012 with the Heat. Uh, so if I had to rank him, I would probably put 2016 at number one, 2012, just because he got over the hump. You know, all it was before that was LeBron can't win. He can't win. He's going to get to the big moment and not get it done. Uh, so he had to get that monkey off his back, especially at that 2011 finals. Mm-hmm. And I think that this would probably rank as the number three, um, ahead of that 2013 championship. I would say that this is probably number three, but it's just crazy, man, to come and do it for the storied Lakers organization 
um, in which basically they 17. go down. And, yeah, 17, man, the tie up with the Celtics. But in order to be a Laker great, you have to win a championship. Like, like LeBron said, <laughs> you know, for Lakers fans, <laughs> they don't care about what you've done before you became a Laker. We don't. <laughs> they don't look at your <laughs> resume and say, oh, you did this winning before you came here. No, it's what can you do for me? Um, so I, I, I believe that, that this is still something that, you know, is a big championship for him. I mean, for him to win his fourth championship, but for him to win a championship with three different franchises, for him to have a finals MVP for three different franchises, you know, for him to bring this organization back to the relevance and winning that it is, it's, it's a very big championship, man. And it's something that really, to me, bolsters and boosts his legacy. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, I think on my list of top five players, I, you know, he, he's in my top three now, you know, just with his legacy, you know, and I, I had Magic in my top five. I think he's moved past Magic and I've got my, my father's blessing because you know how much, Ramon, you know how much yeah. of a fan my dad is of, uh, of Magic Johnson. Yeah. But, you know, I spoke with him and, you know, I talked to him. I was like, how, how do you feel about LeBron being a remix of Magic Johnson. He's like, I, I absolutely agree with you. You know, LeBron is more of an athlete than Magic was. And, you know, I think that, you know, that's what that's where he resides right now. I'm not quite I don't feel quite comfortable putting him over MJ right now. Um just but I don't that is not to say he won't get there. But I'm not comfortable putting him there right now. But yeah. you know, just to say that he's on the Mount Rushmore yeah. Of the top five players to ever play the game, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah. And I think, man, I think, like, you know, we can live in this moment, man, and appreciate the greatness and, and save, you know, the MJ LeBron debate, you know, for another day and another time and just let him, uh, you know, relish in this moment, man. Um, like you said, he's in my top three. And I have a top three that I'm sorry. I don't think my top three will ever change um, at this point, you know, with uh, Kobe also joining MJ and LeBron, you know, the two oh, that you yeah, already mentioned. Um, so that's my top three. And I don't think my top three will ever change. But his legacy is cemented, man. He, he's on the Mount Rushmore of the league. And, you know, his impact, seeing what he's doing, it, the thing that's so crazy about LeBron's impact is I think that off the court, his impact has been as great as, as it's been on the court. Yeah. And so, you know, legacy, you know, is set in stone for him. One of the all-time greats. And this is just another thing. He delivered up on a promise. You know, he told Laker Nation, he told Magic that, hey, he was going to get us back to the point. He was going to get us back to the mountaintop. And he delivered upon it. And we can't gloss over, like, what he's done. Like, no. in these finals, he just basically averaged, what, 30, what, 12 and and what, and almost nine or something like that. Like, the numbers mm -hmm. are crazy. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. but And then um, you think, you know, he does this all the time. So it's like, oh, that's, that's just LeBron. But, right. you know, when you really look at things, like, man, that's pretty remarkable for somebody to be able to just do that time after time after time. And you consider he come straight out of high school. You got to, you know, you, you know how the media hypes up a player like OJ Mayo and, you know, Sebastian Telfair or whatever. Yeah. This, LeBron James lived up to every hype that ever was presented to him. But not only did he live up to it, but he exceeded that. He exceeded every expectation ever laid out for him. So, I mean, we may not, I don't 
think we'll see anything like this. Yeah. I, I really don't. I really don't. No, I agree. Definitely a rare breed, yeah. man. Um, a once in a, a a once in a lifetime athlete. Like this is not a once in a generation, just a once in a generation right. athlete. Not just a once in an era athlete. Like LeBron is a once in a lifetime athlete. And I think what we have to do is we have to sit in the moment and truly appreciate and recognize exactly. greatness because this doesn't come along all the time. You know, this it doesn't don't. come along often at all. It don't, it don't, man. And, you know, shout out to LeBron. I'm glad he got a, got that fourth one. I know originally, you know, it was com- conflicted as Lakers fan when he agreed to come to us because he's like, man, like, we're going to really have to, like, <laughs> right. you know. <laughs> but after we Lakers fans, so yeah. we, like, you know, comparison to Kobe, you know, yeah. but we Lakers fans, so it was like, man, whatever, like, yeah. you know. It's, it's if you so put on big. that purple and gold, man, you right. put on that purple and gold, we got to rock with you. And that, and that's the thing, like we talked about before, you know, some of the scrutiny and some of the things that LeBron dealt with, with coming into L.A. and seeing some of the billboards and some of the murals get painted over and all this kind of stuff. That honestly, you know, was really from true diehard, just strictly Kobe fans. And the thing about us is we've always been Lakers fans first, Kobe fans second. And, you know, we love Kobe, respect the Black Mamba. But anybody that puts on that Lakers uh, jersey, anybody that wears that purple and gold, we respect and we welcome him to the family. And so that's ultimately what happened with LeBron. He put on that purple and gold, and at the end of the day, nah, hey, that's what we rooting for. Yeah, that's what it is. Like, that's what it is, man. That's what it is. So, um, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. I don't think is there anything yeah. else we missing. I I think that. Oh, much- shout out to the Heat, man. We gotta yeah, get them credit. Yeah, true. You know, just uh, just you know, considering uh, Jimmy Butler, who I've become a, a a huge fan of, just with his mentality of how tough he's been through it all and you know even on this podcast I said you know we didn't even expect him to be here you know what I'm yeah. saying uh just with the you know Boston Celtics but you know Jimmy's just he's he I really enjoy him I think he's found a home in in Miami and I, I mean I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what Miami's gonna do because they only one piece away like we said last podcast so yeah. you know I, I'm just interested to see how, where they go forward but just how all his teammates from Duncan to Tyler Hero to uh Gar and Dragic to Bam, like just how they bought into yeah. whatever Spolstra is selling. But not only that, is that that toughness that Jimmy has had that ha- that he has that's rubbed off on each and every one of those players I mentioned. But not only that, is just considering how okay. He was a, a, a outlaw in, in Minnesota. He was an outlaw in Philly. But now that he's found a home, I'm really happy for him. And, you know, it, I didn't really like – I really didn't like him how he was going off against us. But, you know, as a the basketball fan, I mean, it was like, okay, I really respect what this guy is doing. Yeah, no, definitely. You can't help but respect it. Um, when a player leaves it all out on the floor, like Jimmy left it out on the floor in this playoff run and specifically in this finals, when a player does any and everything he can do for the team to win, like we've never even seen this playmaker version of Jimmy that we saw in the finals. And, you know, he just took his game to a whole nother level. We're not used to 30-point triple-double Jimmy Butler. 
But that's <laughs> what when did this guy turn into Magic Johnson? <laughs> right, right. But that's what was called up on him to do. And so he got my ultimate respect, man. You know, coming into this year, I use it as a parallel. You know, we've talked about this in the example before, but you look at a guy like Paul George and you look at Jimmy Butler, and coming into this year, we're looking talent for talent, skill for skill. I would think that most people that pay attention to the NBA would have probably said, hey, give me Paul George. But when you think about Jimmy's mentality, his will to win, what's inside his, his head and what's inside his heart, man, Jimmy, give me him over Paul George any day. And that's not to slander Paul George, but it's an example of when you have that true will to win, sometimes that supersedes just natural physical gifts and physical ability. And Jimmy, to me, has elevated himself to superstar status throughout the course of this run. I've always just felt that he was a star. He was a fringe star. He was an all-star. But, man, to do what he did and to have moments where he went tit for tat, mano a mano with LeBron James, I have to call him a superstar at this point. So hats well, off to Jimmy yeah. Butler. I respect I, I, you. I, I, I do, man. And, you know, I'm glad you said that because there's different levels. Like, you got you got your stars, you got the superstars. And, you know, prior to this, Jimmy was just an all-star. But now, like, I, I agree with you. He, he has elevated himself. As a superstar, and this doesn't have anything to do with the conversation that we've had. I think we've had this conversation before, but I feel like that's why the NBA MVP should be um, awarded like after the playoffs. Let's look at everything that has happened, you know, in the playoffs, because I feel like that's where stars are born. Like we saw your Tyler Hero, and 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 recognizing that okay, this is a starter in this league. You know, and, you know, we, we've seen Jamal Murray, who's a star in this league that we've learned, you know, Donovan Mitchell, we saw what he's made of. You know, that's never he, neither here nor there. But I just – I feel like, honestly, like you don't really know who these – you don't really know the MVP of the league until you see what they do in the playoffs. Because you saw Young, he folded, mm -hmm. you know, and it just shows that he got another step – you know, not to say he's not talented because he's extremely talented. I feel like he's going to be a cornerstone in this league and he's going to make history. But, you know, it, it just it just shows that he had another level to get to. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So that's neither here nor there. Yeah. But go Lakers 2020 NBA champions. <laughs> We're going to wrap this thing 17 of them up. things, man. 17, 17 of them things. That's remarkable, man, yeah. as a franchise, man. Shout out to Laker Nation around the world. Appreciate everybody that has supported us along the ride, as you saw on our Instagram, O underscore Bench Make sure that you follow. We have released a pre-order opportunities for our OB t-shirts that we have out right now. Is this the first edition or the first section, if you will, of the merchandise that we plan on? presenting but we just want to you know if you want to support us if you claim that you rock with us make sure that you order a t-shirt the information is in our link on the bio on score bench warmers make sure that you continue to subscribe to us on opinion at bench warmers on google play apple Podcasts, and stitcher and uh that's it man you got anything else Ramon? nah man i think we covered it man i think we covered it go lakers man go lakers shout out to laker nation around the world i might well I don't know, man. I'm a <laughs>
<laughs> with my Laker jersey under my under my work shirt for five <laughs> straight. I don't know, man. Right. Nah, um, I definitely got to rock the Laker gear, man. Laker <laughs> gear all week, man. For sure, for sure, for sure. But um, shout out to everybody that's been rocking with us and listening to us. We thank you. And until next time, we're going to get out of here. Appreciate it. Peace. All right.